Our gospel reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, beginning with verse 46. So let us listen for God's message to us. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is His name. His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with His arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. And He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants forever. These are the words of Scripture. Thanks be to God. People movements always inspire songs. As they sing, the songs inspire the people in the movement. The songs bind people together in common purpose. They give passion to the vision. Recall the civil rights movement and the music they sang out in front of the dogs and the fire hoses and the angry shouts. Songs like, oh freedom, we shall overcome, we shall not be moved. The early Christian movement inspired songs as well. People were so captured by Jesus' vision, his vision of diverse humans together in a beloved community without walls of separation or discrimination, celebrating God's love and mercy and the Spirit's empowering presence that they produced movement songs. Some of these we have embedded in the New Testament texts. When Luke sat down to write his version of the Jesus story, five decades or so after Jesus' lifetime, he must have thought, how can I tell that story without the power of those early movement songs? We know that Luke had a copy of Mark's gospel, but Mark began with Jesus as an adult, leading a movement without any music in it. So Luke took some of those early Christian songs that celebrated the vision of the movement and put them into his story. Which character in the story should get to sing the first song? He gave the piece to Mary. Who better to sing a song that laid out the vision from the very beginning than the mother of Jesus herself? Telling it this way, We might imagine that Mary would have sung this song not just once, but often to baby Jesus as he lay in his bed. The song would sculpt the terrain of his mental world, creating a landscape of categories for his imagination and fixed points of reference for his dreams. So what is the song about? It is about God and God's people. It is about what God has done, and therefore, what God characteristically does. 
and, therefore, what God will do yet again. We do not know anything about the Christian community that produced this song, since Luke's gospel is our only record of it, but one thing is clear. They did not write it from scratch. Almost every single line is either a direct quotation or an echo of the First Testament or Hebrew Bible or the Old Testament. How do you know what God characteristically does and therefore what God will do? Well, you look back at the stories of what God has done. Does that strategy work for us? Can we just pick up stories from the Hebrew Bible and what it describes God as doing back then and expect the same for our future? Should we expect another worldwide flood to kill all the bad guys on earth? Or another battle of Jericho where the enemy's walls fall down so that we can rush in with swords raised? Or did the early Christian community have a more sophisticated approach to the Hebrew stories as they tried to discern what God was and what he would be for them? Indeed, they did. And we can see it in this song that Mary gets to sing. How did early Christians get their approach to the Hebrew Bible stories that gave them that discernment? They had a template or a pattern to use, or maybe we could say a lens to look through to bring into focus what they needed to see about the past, a lens that would give them a vision for the future. That template, that pattern, that lens was Jesus himself. Jesus is also the criteria by which we look at stories about what God has done to figure out what God characteristically does so that we can know what God will do. This is so important for us today. You see, those early Christians who composed this song out of many lines and echoes from the Hebrew Bible used one single poem as their basic structure. It was the song of Hannah the mother of Samuel. I'm sure we've all heard the similarities between the two as we read them both this morning. But did you notice a huge difference? Hannah's song assumed that God was help his people to victory through violence. She says, his adversaries shall be shattered. In Mary's song, God is no less effective in his help to his people but there's no violence. In another one of the movement songs that Luke includes, the song the angels will soon get to sing for the shepherds as they celebrate Jesus' birth as the dawn of peace on earth, goodwill to everyone. Jesus taught nonviolence. Jesus taught us to turn the other cheek instead of seeking vengeance. That is why the Christian symbol for love is the cross. Jesus' love for all people was so comprehensive that he refused to use violence even to save his own life. The cross forever symbolizes for Christians Jesus' way. Instead of fighting for the destruction of our enemies, with Jesus we pray, Father, forgive them. They have no idea what they're doing. 
So then, looking at the Hebrew Bible through the Jesus lens, what does the early Christian community see of what God has done and therefore characteristically does and therefore can be relied upon to do? With Hannah's song as a pattern, they see the theme of God's great reversals. God brought down the proud and raised up the lowly. Hannah sang, He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts up the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. Similarly, Mary sings, He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. Hannah and Mary were both singing about what God has done in their most famous story, the exodus from Egypt. As the story goes, the Hebrew slaves made bricks without straw 24-7 for Pharaoh to aggrandize his proud empire. But the God of liberation heard their cries and set them free. That is what God did. That is characteristically what God does. Reverse fortunes, bringing down the mighty, lifting up the lowly. So now we know what God will do. God will liberate the slaves, not for the sake of an alternative Hebrew empire to replace Pharaoh, but for the empire of God, as Jesus would call it, or the kingdom of God, or as we might call it today, the beloved community. That is how Jesus lived. He believed God's will was liberation from every form of bondage. And he brought God's liberation to the lowly people who came to him to experience the power of God's spirit and its presence. He healed people, liberating them from both their bodily bondage and from the bondage of their social stigma that disease carried in the ancient world. Jesus liberated people from the fear of an angry, punishing, vengeful God by teaching them to call God Abba, or Father, even Daddy. He taught them that they were not shamefully stained and impure before God as they had been told, but rather that the human condition was more like being lost, like lambs apart from the fold. But to those lambs, Jesus taught that there was no need to fear. God was a finding God, a good shepherd, always luring, coaxing, non-coercively persuading his lost sheep back into his beloved community. The God of the Hebrew stories seen through the Jesus lens had this characteristic. God had frequently reversed fortunes of the lowly, the meek of the earth, the powerless and the lost, and raised them up for new purposes. Second-born sons somehow obtained the inheritance. Barren women gave birth. A shepherd becomes a king. Exiles return home. Reversals seem to be God's characteristic way of acting. So Mary, looking down at her pregnant belly, is the best one to sing a song about the greatest reversal of all, that a baby from an insignificant village on the outskirts of an empire will lead a new movement of people that would transform the world. Luke's community was part of that transformed world. They gathered around a common table, men and women, scandalously, 
together, slaves and free, subversively together, rich and poor, remarkably together, singing together songs of the movement, songs of praise for the God of reversals. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. That is our song. We are part of that transformed world. We see God through the Jesus lens, and we see the world through the Jesus lens. We see the lowly and the poor with compassion. We see the outcast and the oppressed with mercy and hope. Mary sang that this movement would continue from generation to generation. We who have been transformed by knowing God as Abba are thrilled to be a part of that movement in our generation. So we do not believe that the structures or empires, no matter how big and powerful, from Egypt to Rome and so on, will have the last word. We believe that it will not be the proud, but the meek who inherit the earth. We do not believe that we will be saved by violence, but by a willingness to work for peace, animated by the Prince of Peace. Inspired by this movement song, Like Mary, we do not believe that the present state of the world in which so much bad happens, so many people feel hopeless, is how it has to be. Reversals are possible. That is what God does. We are in the movement of liberation. We look forward to and work hard to see the day come when the hungry are fed and everyone has clean water to drink, when no young person is bullied or shamed for their sexual orientation or gender identification, where no one fears injustice on the streets or in the courts. We work for the day when the earth is loved and protected from human harm, when no one fears an angry God, but everyone knows that they are loved and embraced as daughters and sons, members of the beloved community. This is the vision that inspires us and fills us with hope and passion. And so we sing, along with Luke's community, the Song of Mary. Our souls magnify the Lord. Our spirits rejoice in God, our Savior, who has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly, who has filled the hungry with good things from generation to generation.